The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. James M. Galloway is an American medical doctor and public health physician who served as the Regional Health Administrator for the United States Department of Health and Human Services under Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama. And he's with us here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Toby. How about you? I'm doing great as well. Now, how did your career start? How did you become this kind of medical doctor working for the government? Uh, that's a that's an interesting question. I left home early mm-hmm. and had always thought that I would serve underprivileged folks in some in some fashion. I wasn't quite sure back then whether it would be legal or or uh, medical. Actually, I was leaning towards uh, uh, becoming a civil rights lawyer. But yeah. over time, my my thoughts uh, 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 became more focused on on the medical aspects, and so I went to to uh, uh, undergraduate and then uh, four years of medical school and then three years of residency. And as I was going through residency, I'd always thought, you know, that I would focus in on inner city underprivileged populations uh, uh, to, to serve them. But I had a I had a senior resident who went out to an Indian reservation and said, you know, he didn't enjoy the experience, but I, but it was a, it was an eye opener for me to be able to to think, wow, that's I hadn't even thought of that. So I went out to uh, an Indian reservation initially, the Hopi reservation, which is uh, uh, the, the famous people of peace who yeah. who needed an internist, and I happened to be a primary care internist, and and. Uh, uh, to to work with them, I joined the federal government, um, uh, the 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 National Health Service Corps, and here it's called uh, this is the Public Health Service. So I joined the Public Health Service, and I worked for them for three years, and and then uh, they asked me to to run a, a couple of other hospitals over the next few years. So I did that, and then then while I was there, I was doing some doing some research in cardiovascular disease and heart disease because they had said that heart disease uh, uh, of the ischemic type, that is like heart attacks, didn't occur in Indian people. And Mm -hmm. it it didn't seem right to me. Somehow it it seemed very odd. And so I got 
I, I started some research projects and joined others in other research projects and found that we were on the tip of, a, unfortunately, a big curve going up of heart disease yeah. uh, in American Indians. And so I went down and got a cardiology fellowship and stayed at the University of Arizona, where I did my fellowship as, a, as an attending, um, and still within the public health service. So all I saw were American Indians and, and treated them from throughout the Southwest. And then they asked me to, to, to become the senior cardiologist for the nation for Indian people. I thought that'd be kind of fun. So, yeah. so I did that uh, and I got to travel to, oh, the vast majority of um, reservations throughout the United States and throughout Alaska and, and got to see many of the cultures and got to meet some of the most amazing people in the world. Um, and then they asked me to be the assistant U.S. Surgeon General. And that's, that's when I went to Chicago and became the, the, uh, uh, the, the medical director there. Yeah. Um, and so I finished out my career with the public health service doing that in Chicago. And then they asked me to, to uh, uh, join the Centers for Disease Control, which is what I did. It's, it's in a, the southern part of the U.S., in Atlanta, Georgia. And I uh, uh, joined them and I was in charge of uh, integrating public health into clinical medicine uh, throughout the nation. So I, that's what I did as well. And then... Uh, uh, and since that time, I've been working with a, a number of different nonprofit or social benefit companies to, uh, that are focused on improvements in society. So anyway, that's how I got there. Yeah. Long, long answer for a short question. Definitely. Did you ever think that you would get that far and, you know, actually work properly for the government? Or was it just more of a sort of dream thing? Wow. Uh, I had never thought that I would ever uh, go into those kind of positions because I always thought that I would be a kind of a local family doc treating underprivileged people in yeah. some disadvantaged community. I never expected to, to, to rise like that. And, you know, I, I really believe like I probably most people do that, that our careers are a matter of preparation and luck. You know, you just, if you're, if you're prepared and honest and have integrity and you do good work that, that uh, you may happen to be in the right place at the right time to, to move up a, the ladder a, a notch or two. And, yeah. and it's, it's so luck's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you were the senior federal officer for health for pandemic influenza and we're currently in a pandemic. So <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you have things in your mind that you think we should be doing to help us get out of it? Absolutely. I, you know, um, I think that besides the virus itself, the one thing that's hurt or damaged or killed more people than anything else is misinformation that's yeah. been been bannered about through po politics and, and for various reasons. Um, and it, you know, the public health science is, is clear cut. We, yeah. we all know that you need to wear a mask. You need to distance yourself. You need to not touch your face. You need to be, be uh, away from crowds. Um, um, and you need to do the standard public health measures that all 
work together to make a big impact. In fact, some of the biggest impact short of a vaccine uh, uh, to save lives. Yeah. And how do you rate Trump's handling of the pandemic? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't expect that question. Uh, I don't rate that very highly at all. No. I, I uh, was was disappointed that science um, and the, the and physicians and the CDC were not listened to early on. I think that it was, uh, uh, you know, when when it was first discovered in China and then announced by China to the World Health Organization and to our government as well. It was early January in 2020. And, and other than closing the border to China, we really, uh, uh, in the administration power then, we didn't do much for several months. And, yeah. and uh, I think that's one of the major issues that has put us so far behind the eight ball as a country in our response to COVID. Yeah. Are there any countries that you think have done a good job? Because there's only one off the top of my head that I can think has done any good job and they've still had deaths. Uh-huh. Well, who's that? New Zealand. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, so so there are. I mean, there's a number of countries that have done um, uh, pretty good things with this. And yeah. I mean, no country and no person is perfect, but there's yeah. some 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 very reasonable um, things that have been done. I mean, probably, you know, uh, uh, the one that I point to and that that uh, many others have as well as Taiwan has done a did a really good job. Uh, of course, they're right next to China. Yeah. So they've had experience with some of the other uh, 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 viruses that have come around and can cause epidemics and pandemics. And, and, uh, but they, you know, they, uh, uh, in February 21st, they only had, uh, nine deaths, wow. you know, and they're a small country, but still yeah. that's pretty amazing. And they only had 940 cases. And that was because just what I said before about the U S uh, just the opposite actually. And that is they were, they were, um, they took early action and were aggressive uh, uh, in their monitoring and their contact tracing and their yeah. testing and in their follow-up. You know, they uh, uh, quickly closed borders and and they 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 banned uh, the export of of masks right off the bat. They did uh, great government uh, contact tracing and and they did. Uh, contract tasting with mobile phones and to ensure people followed the rules. Now, there are another a number of other countries we can talk about, but one of the things, the themes that comes through all this is that the countries where the population either trusts the government the most or um, is, is kind of forced to follow the government the most are the ones where it, they did best. Yeah. So... So, you know, in, in some of the countries in your neck of the world, you know, uh, uh, Sweden, for instance, or in, in Finland, yeah. um, they did pretty good, too, in, in, in doing different methodologies. But there seems to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you certainly know better than I, but it seems mm-hmm. to be more of a, a trust of the government in Scandinavia, certainly than the U.S. And, yeah. and uh, you know, there uh, tend to be uh, more of a trust in what the the equivalent of the centers for disease control says and 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 tends tend to 
follow the guidelines here in the U.S. Yeah. It's you know they're they're uh, particularly with all the misinformation. There's a lot of folks who um, a, a number of folks anyway who still uh, don't wear masks. Yeah, I mean very simple basic things. Yeah, here I think a lot of people don't trust the government, like the prime minister, because they didn't vote for him. Some people, but most sane people will trust the scientists that are working with the government because they are independent from them and they'd be there no matter who was in charge. Right. Right. And that's the way it should be. I mean, I mean, not about the prime minister, but about the scientists that we should, you know, the the professional career scientists who have devoted their lives to to the knowledge and, and, and the betterment of society are the folks that we should be listening to. Absolutely. Yeah. And Joe Biden is now the president of the United States. Do you think that he is so far doing a better job of actually listening to the science than Trump did? Absolutely. He has, uh, uh, you know, he's put scientists in charge and and uh, uh, has really taken a back seat. And so now the, the public health leaders and, and the, the Centers for Disease Control and others um, that are, you know, that are, are, are knowledgeable and expert in this field have really taken the lead. And it's showing. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the impact that, that is happening now in the U.S. is, is pretty substantial. Yeah. And how many people have been vaccinated there so far? Oh, the actual number, I don't know. Um, um, I read something. uh, If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Recently, it was like uh, 30% of those over 65 and I've forgotten, something like 15% of those less than 65. So yeah. it's it's somewhere in that neighborhood anyway. Yeah. So it's, you know, about a third of, of older folks who are at the highest risk. Uh, well, we've got like most adults now seem to be vaccinated, but then that's only one dose and you need two for it to be like right. 95% right. effective. Right. That's exactly right. And yeah. and remember that effectiveness, you know, uh, um, I know they just came out today with the AstraZeneca effectiveness, which oh, looked yeah. pretty good. But remember that the effectiveness, like when you talk about Moderna or Pfizer, that, you know, it's 95 percent effective or 92 percent effective. What that means is that's how effective it is. In, in preventing symptomatic disease. Yeah. But in preventing serious disease like death or hospitalization, these things are very close to 100% effective. Oh, yeah. And that's really what matters. It, you know, if you, you don't really want to get a flu or a cold or anything, but you can tolerate that. It's ending up in the hospital or dying from it that really is important. Yeah. And how do you feel that the post-COVID world is going to be? Do you think it's going to be different to the way it was before? Like perhaps people will start wearing masks as a kind of politeness if they're feeling unwell. No, I, I hope that's true. Um, yeah. I think that that there will be some definite changes. And I think that, that we'll see the use of masks like we've seen you know, in Asia for for a decade or a couple decades now um, will be more common in our countries. Um, I also think that, you know, if you think back, at least in the United States history, I can't I can't talk about the history of your country. Yeah. But in the U.S. in 1918, we had the great pandemic here that uh, was uh, global, of course. But here in the U.S., um, once that was over, it was rapidly followed by that period of time we call the Roaring Twenties, yeah. which was a wild and and you know a party time. And I I expect that we're going to see a little bit of that after this this uh, uh, entire effort and 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 time with COVID is over. That there's going to be a lot of celebration, certainly. Yeah. But I do think that that at least for a decade or more, people will be you know, uh, uh, we'll remember this and we'll be pretty careful. And in fact, there's a more serious side to it as well, of course, in that there is some psychological trauma people have gone through and that'll affect the, how they how they behave and how they respond uh, in, in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the Spanish flu is like, of all events in world history, that's the one that's killed the most people. And most people don't yes. realise that. They think it's be something like 9-11 or some big attack right, or earthquake. Right. But no, it's Spanish flu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the... Uh, well, one of the, one of the things that is going to come from this, I, I hope and, and pray, is that we're going to fund our public health systems better. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's always when we have these types of crises that everybody goes, oh, you know, we've got to put money in here and we got to <laughs> really focus in. And then you go for a decade or two without any major catastrophes and the funding goes away. They, there are other priorities mm -hmm. until the next catastrophe happens. And, and what I'm hoping is we'll learn our lesson this time around and make more of a solid foundation in public health uh, uh, for both our countries and for around the world. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because it just shows how we weren't really prepared for this at all. Because a few years ago, the BBC did a documentary about what would happen if we had a pandemic. And the kind of way they presented it, I guess it was as far as they knew, the government were completely prepared and had everything ready for us to put the measures in place. But then I guess it never happened. Right, 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 right. Well, there's, you know... Uh... Uh, there's certainly a, a lot of lessons we can take from this. And, and one of them is, is this preparedness, which means having, having the, the individuals, having the positions, having the, the, uh, uh, the information technology, the communi communication, and the ability to be able to respond quickly to any type of emergency. It, it's yeah. not just a influenza or a pandemic, or it could be a, another type of emergency. But emergency responsiveness in general is critically important. Yeah, absolutely. And we've heard recently about a third wave coming again. <laughs> Do you think that's going to be a possibility? Yeah, it is a possibility, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what that's... A lot of what that's about are the variants that we're seeing, right? Yeah. And, and Certainly, we're seeing some some scary variants uh, that that have a higher infectivity, you know, communicability, and also potentially a, a more serious outcome, a higher number of deaths, for instance. Um, yeah. um, luckily, the the vaccines that are out there seem to have coverage of that as well, and there seems to be some some um, uh, initial data that suggests that the responses we get from the vaccines are high enough that they would help cover in a, in a meaningful way these other variants as well. Of course, yeah. it's yeah. too early to know, but those are the preliminary evaluations and it's, it's uh, um, reassuring. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that if we can get our populations vaccinated quick enough, that, that, this third wave will be less significant than than is feared. Yeah. And I heard somebody say that if a virus mutates, sometimes it's a good thing because it's actually kind of a mistake that the virus has made and it's actually kind of became less effective at killing people. Is that true? It can be. So if you think about the game, I don't know if you have it over there, but uh, we call it telephone here, I think is the name. And and you whisper in somebody's ear and then they whisper to the next person, oh. they whisper to the next person. It goes all the way around the room. Chinese whispers, we call it. Oh, okay. All right. And by the end, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Well, it's the same idea with mutations. You know, the virus replicates. And the more people it could get into, the more it replicates. And, and when it replicates, it makes errors. Most of those errors don't mean anything. They don't affect anything. Yeah. Some of them can make it worse, uh, can make it more infective or more deadly, perhaps. 
but others can can make it less effective, just as you were saying too, Toby. So mm-hmm. it can it can go either way. But the vast majority of the mistakes that it makes along the way, as it's being copied from over and over and over again, um, don't have any effect yeah. directly. And also, I heard that actually viruses don't want to kill you because that limits the amount of people that you can infect as well, right? Yeah, that's true with most organisms, right? They yeah. don't want to kill you because they, if 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 they kill you, they die as well, yeah. and uh, they they want to be able to continue to replicate, as you're suggesting as well. So yes, I mean that's that's uh, uh, that's the way that evolution has has brought these organisms yeah. uh, to where they are now. So how come they do end up killing you? Do they just not understand your body or is it kind of your immune system that overreacts? What's the case that's going on there? Well, that's well, um, so the 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 in the big picture, it's the the virus survive if it survives, it tends to replicate just like in yeah. nature, survival of the fittest. If it kills you, then it doesn't replicate anymore. So, mm-hmm. so if, for instance, let's just uh, take a hypothetical. If one of the viruses in me mutated, and it, uh, I transmitted it to you, and you transmitted it to somebody else, and that somebody else dies, that may that may be the end of that mutation. Whereas mm-hmm. the other ones will continue to survive. So it's selection of the fittest. For viruses, just like it is for people, yeah. and and the, the you know the uh, the way the virus doesn't have a a thought process uh, to 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 think about this. It's all just the 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 evolutionary way that the virus replicates and the body responds. And if it replicates in a way that doesn't kill you, then it continues to live and spread. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, are you doing any work at the moment in your career that you can tell us about? Oh, yeah, I'm doing uh, uh, a, a number of, of jobs right now that are in, in various areas. Um, one area, again, working with American Indians yeah. is um, trying to be, bring the very best, most highly qualified um, uh, academic physicians to the most remote places in Indian Indian health and, and rural health mm. in the country. So trying to work with a, a public benefit company that returns some of the profits to the communities it serves and focuses in on bringing the absolute best doctors to the most remote places in, in the country and, and uh, elevating healthcare that way. So that, that's one of the jobs that I work with. Um, a, another job I work with is is a, a lot based on information technology. It's trying to get the folks in greatest need into our healthcare system called Medicaid and Medicare, particularly Medicaid in this yeah. case, and trying to get them registered soon as they hit the emergency room through through computers and and things rather than waiting the you know the 30 days or two months it may take to get them registered um, and and thereby that has the the high crime rates and the disadvantaged section and developing a a international model for low-income housing for disadvantaged individuals yeah. and we're focused in on a health and wellness component 
um, which is is really exciting and is pretty revolutionary. So those are those are three of the areas that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Well, if we want to keep up with you, where are we able to do that? Do you have any social media pages or a website? Uh, I do. Let's see. Hmm. Um, uh, I have a. I'm certainly on LinkedIn. I'm I'm available on LinkedIn as uh, as as Jim Galloway as James Galloway, yeah. um, and I think that uh, James Galloway dot expert uh, yeah dot, James Galloway dot expert at uh, uh, at expert dot com I think is the other. Um, but I don't have a lot of social media. I'm a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been very interesting to talk to you. It's been great talking to you too. And, and thanks, Toby. Thanks for having me. You have a great day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribben Show.